0: Welcome to Leading from Behind, a podcast series about the practice of solution-focused therapy, produced by the Halifax Brief Therapy Center. I'm Barry McClatchy, and this is episode number one, a brief overview of the history and development of solution-focused therapy. Well, thank you indeed for joining us, and before I begin with an overview of the content of this first episode, I'd like to take a few moments to provide a general description of this series. Now, Leading From Behind is part of our efforts at the Halifax Brief Therapy Center to provide a free and accessible resource for helping professionals who have an interest in solution-focused therapy. The beginning episodes will be of particular interest to those who are new to the approach or those who simply want to refresh their understanding of it. In these initial episodes, we'll be looking at the process, questions, techniques, and skills associated with first and follow-up sessions. Now, beyond these episodes, we'll continue with an in-depth examination of some of the key skills used in solution-focused practice, as well as its various applications in different helping environments. A recurring feature in each episode of the podcast will include the identification of online resources, organizations, training opportunities, and books relating to the approach. Now we'll also be devoting a future episode to an examination of feedback-informed treatment practices. This involves the ongoing use of the outcome rating scale and the session rating scale as a means of improving consumer outcomes. In our experience, these practices, in combination with the solution-focused approach, give us the best possibilities for creating positive outcomes for our clients. So new episodes of Leading From Behind will be available on the 15th and 30th of each month. Each one will be relatively short in duration, likely 10 to 15 minutes in length. Also, you can find the show notes, which include any web links mentioned on the program, at the Halifax Brief Therapy Center website at hbtc.ca. So in closing this general introduction, we'd also like to acknowledge that there are certainly variations in how others may practice or understand solution-focused therapy. This podcast simply represents our best understanding of it, based on our own practice, experience, and training. Now in this first episode, I'm going to provide a brief overview of the history and development of solution-focused therapy. A great deal of work, thoughtfulness, observation, and practice went into its development. It's important then to know something about the people who were responsible for it, as well as the time, energy, and effort they gave to its creation. Finally, and as mentioned earlier, I'll conclude this episode by providing the first installment of a few online resources for learning more about the approach. So, once again, welcome to Leading from Behind. We hope you'll find it useful in understanding and developing your skills in solution-focused therapy. Solution-focused therapy was developed over 30 years ago at the Brief Family Therapy Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Influenced by the work of Milton Erickson as well as the Mental Research Institute in Palo Alto, California, it was conceived by a team led by Insu Kimberg and Steve DeShazer. Now, according to various sources, some of the original team members included Eve Lipchick, Elam Ali, Alex Molnar, James Dirks, and Marilyn LeCourt. Others identified in later years included Wallace Gingrich, Michelle Weiner davis John Walter, Kate Kowalski, Ron Crowell, Gail Miller, Scott Miller, and Larry Hopwood. But of course, Insoo Kimberg and Steve DeShazer were certainly the principals involved in the creation of the approach, and they literally traveled the globe for many years in sharing their work and collaborating with others. Insoo Kimberg, a Korean-born American psychotherapist, was a social worker by education. In the course of her early career, she grew frustrated by the lengthy assessment and long-term engagement required by the dominant problem-focused approaches. She recognized that people wanted more immediate help for their concerns and that only a small percentage remained in therapy long enough to engage in the structure established by those approaches. Inspired by the writings of Jay Haley and during her time at the Mental Research Institute, the mentorship of John Weekland, Berg, along with DeShazer and others, began to explore more effective ways of working with individuals, couples, and families. Steve DeShazer, a man of many talents and interests, who also happened to be a professional jazz musician in his earlier days, also had an educational background in social work. He was likewise inspired by the work of Milton Erickson, Haley, and the pioneers of the Mental Research Institute. He also brought an enduring interest in philosophy to the development of solution-focused therapy, especially his understanding of the work of Ludwig Wittgenstein. DeShazer was masterful in his minimalist approach in conducting solution-focused therapy. He was also a skilled writer whose many books, essays, and articles clearly articulate how the work of the Milwaukee team led to the development of the approach. During the course of their work together, Berg, DeShazer, and their team members were very intentional in rejecting the problem-focused, diagnostic-driven position that, to a large extent, continues to dominate the helping professions. Instead of focusing on why problems occurred or how people could stop doing the things that created or maintained such problems, they were much more interested in looking at what was important to people, what they wanted from the therapeutic conversation, and what they wanted instead of the problems that brought them to therapy. Berg, DeShazer, and their team developed the solution-focused approach inductively. Many of their sessions with clients in Milwaukee were conducted using a consulting team through a one-way mirror or with video technology. Over a number of years, they paid very close attention in considering what worked, or what was helpful, in enabling people to find improvements in their lives. They also discovered that people often found change rather rapidly with the solution-focused approach, sometimes in only one or two sessions. This led to the idea that each session might be viewed as the last one, and the belief that the client will decide whether any further contact would be necessary. Insu Kimberg, who passed away in 2007, and Steve DeShazer, who died in 2005, left behind a rich legacy of books, videos, and journal articles. Their work remains today as a strong influence on the leading solution-focused practitioners who continue to develop the approach today. Now, since its beginnings, solution-focused therapy has certainly grown well beyond its original application in individual, couple, and family therapy. Today, it's used in a wide variety of different settings, including schools, addiction treatment, hospitals, and child protection services, just to name a few. The growth of the approach has also occurred on a global scale. It now has a strong presence all over the world, particularly in North America, the United Kingdom, and other parts of Europe, Scandinavia, and in Australia. In recent years, solution-focused practice has also grown beyond the helping professions. It's now an emerging force in organizational development and leadership in the workplace, with a growing body of literature and resources dedicated to those applications. But of course, 30-plus years is not a great deal of time, and the elegant simplicity of solution-focused therapy remains often misunderstood by the mainstream of the helping professions, especially where approaches influenced by the medical model continues to dominate therapeutic work. However, this respectful approach to change continues to grow, and with a continued emphasis on measuring therapeutic outcomes and obtaining consumer feedback, solution-focused therapy is well-positioned to become a leader in a more enlightened approach toward meaningful change. To conclude this episode, I'm going to provide some information regarding resources for learning more about solution-focused practice. Since this will be a recurring feature of the podcast, I'll only be mentioning two or three resources at a time. So if you're interested in more, a simple web search will bring you lots of information on books and organizations devoted to the approach. To view the web links for each resource mentioned, please see the show notes for this episode or visit the Leading From Behind podcast page at our website at hbtc.ca. Now, if you're in North America, you most certainly want to visit the website of the Solution-Focused Brief Therapy Association at sfbta.org. The SFBTA is a volunteer organization dedicated to the promotion of education, training, and the development of solution-focused practice. It oversees the organization of an annual conference. The most recent one was held in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The next one will be held in Toronto, Ontario in November 2013. The SFBTA has also been entrusted by the family of the late Insoo Kimberg and Steve DeShazer as the distributor of their many books and training videos on solution-focused practice. For this reason alone, the SFBTA would be a great starting point for any new practitioner. Now, the SFBTA also provides links to training opportunities, information on research, and offers a mentoring program for those who are new to the approach. There's also an opportunity on the site to download handout materials from all of its past annual conferences. Now, if you're in the United Kingdom, it's important to know about the United Kingdom Association for Solution-Focused Practice at ukasfp.co.uk. Solution-focused practice is very well established in the United Kingdom, and it's home to some of today's leading contributors to the continued development of the approach. Unlike the SFBTA, the UK Association is membership-driven and certainly provides some terrific resources to its members. They also hold an annual conference that welcomes participation from practitioners from outside their country. Now, an excellent free resource on the UK Association's site is the link to their quarterly publication, Solution News. Available as a PDF download, Solution News has some great articles and information relating to solution-focused practice. Past issues are available on the site as well. Now, another organizational resource is the European Brief Therapy Association, found at ebta.nu. Like the previous organizations, the EBTA offers a number of resources relating to solution-focused practice and offers an annual conference as well. So again, these are just a few of the resources we'd like to share with you about solution-focused practice, and we'll be sure to have more with each episode. So we reached the end of this episode, and I'd like to thank you again for joining us. In Episode 2, we'll continue our introduction to solution-focused therapy by looking at the essential assumptions and beliefs that lie at the heart of the approach. Once again, you can access the show notes and web links from this episode on the podcast page at the Halifax Brief Therapy Center's website at hbtc.ca. If this episode has been useful, or there's something you think we could do differently in a future episode, we would certainly appreciate your feedback. As well, if you have questions about solution-focused practice, we'd be happy to respond or put you in contact with a local resource. Finally, if you'd like us to mention an organization, book, or upcoming training opportunity relating to solution-focused practice, again, feel free to let us know. To contact the Leading From Behind podcast, simply send an email to feedback at hbtc.ca or visit the podcast page at the website at hbtc.ca. In closing, our thanks to dano at danosongs.com, provider of royalty-free music used under Creative Commons license. The music used in this episode is entitled Seven Skies. So you've been listening to Leading from Behind, episode number one. I'm Barry McClatchy from the Halifax Brief Therapy Center. I hope you'll join us again.